Nothing in this world lasts. This is common sense, but I think that we don't think about it near enough. We hold everything here below temporarily. Another way to say it is everything dies, all things eventually will fade away. And not only our bodies, but our societies, nations, empires. I remember when I studied in Rome, I'd walk in the midst of the Roman Forum, and all it is now is a heap of stones, basically. There's some columns that are standing, a couple buildings, but they're dilapidated. And I just remember thinking of the power and the glory of Rome. And if you would have said to a Roman in the first or second century, all of this is going to disappear. Rome is going to fall and disappear into the annals of history. They would have laughed at you. Nobody thought that Rome could fall. Too strong, too powerful, but yet it did. Caesar Augustus passed into history. I had the opportunity to go to Auschwitz in Germany, or in Poland. And as I walked around the prison camp and saw all of the buildings, which just the chimney stacks are left, where they housed all of the prisoners, the Jewish people, and the gas chambers out back. And you look at all that, and you see how even that passed. The Third Reich was thought to be the next superpower to rule the world, and it's gone. So too with America. So too with you and I. So too with everything in this world. We read in Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Hebrew scholars actually said there's a word. It's not, the word for vanity is not vanity. The actual word in Hebrew, ready, get ready for it, is bubbles. <clears throat> the Coelus says, bubble of bubbles. All is bubbles. Doesn't quite have as poetic a sound to it anymore, does it? But think about it. Think about a bubble. They're beautiful. They're neat. They're these little things. Kids chase after them like crazy and pop, they're gone. The iridescent rainbow within them and you marvel at it and boom, it's gone. That's what Coeleth is saying. Now, it's important to remember that Coeleth, the writer of Ecclesiastes, was actually Solomon, traditionally. And we know Solomon had riches beyond riches. He had thousands of wives. He had pleasure. He had power. He had honor. He was the wisest man to ever live. And at the end of his life, what does he come to as the ultimate truth? In his own words, this life is a chase after wind. You ever caught wind before? You can't. It's a chase after wind. All things die. Everything fades away. There's another part in Ecclesiastes when he says, And why amass all these possessions and make all this money and give it to my kids? What an injustice. I'm the one that did all the work and then they destroy their lives. Vanity of vanity. Bubbles of bubbles. I love that translation. One of the most bizarre things that I've ever seen dealing with death and the afterlife is a little church in Rome called Santa Maria della Concezione. It is more commonly known as the Bone Church. It's a church. It's not really a church. It's three, four chapels underneath this big basilica. 
And these chapels are made out of the bones of 4,000 Capuchin monks. Each room is completely filled with bones. The decor on the wall, bones. The tables, bones. The chandeliers, bones. The altar, bones. The cross, everything is made out of bones. And the last chapel, they have three monks, full skeletons. Their hands are folded, they're wearing their brown Franciscan habits. And you see the skeleton fingers sticking out and you can see their skulls underneath the hoods. And below is a sign in Latin and it reads, what you are, we once were. And what we are, you soon will be. You guys, if we look at the spectrum, the timeline of creation, we are a minuscule mark on that timeline. In a hundred years, we're all going to be dead. It's a fact. It is the only fact that is 100% sure in your life. You are going to die. The crazy part is, is that death can literally come any time. The gospel makes that abundantly clear at any time. Now, to be clear, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be depressing this morning. Okay? Telling you you're all going to die and get ready for it and all of life is a waste of time. It's not that. I'm just trying to focus you. That's what Coelith is trying to do in our first reading. Paul is trying to do in our second reading. He says, think of the things above, not the things of the earth. And Jesus is trying to tell us as well. I'm so sick of this world. I don't know if you guys feel it. Man, do I feel it. You got to buy more. You got to have more. You got to work more. For what? For what? The whole time wasting your life, forgetting about your family, your spouse? For what? Money? Power? You can't take it away. You can't take it with you anyway. Why do we chase it? St. Augustine said that since every creature was created from nothing, it carries within it the heritage of non-being. What does that mean? It means everything that you have, everything that you are, is destined to pass into non-being. And we feel it. We know it. And the crazy part is this, you guys. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that any of you in this church, anybody in the world can do to stop it. Nothing. You and I are slowly going to break down and fade away. Your good looks, even my good looks, are eventually going to go away. And for some, it's coming way faster than for others. And so, I want to direct your attention. I don't want to say that the world's bad. It's not. The world's a great good. But when the world becomes your end, then it becomes a problem. And I'm going to give you one way in which you can tell if that has happened to you or not. Do you miss Sunday Mass because of work or vacations? 
If you answer yes to that, then yes, the world has crept into your heart and may have dethroned God. He does not ask for much. G.K. Chesterton saw this and pointed out a great truth. He said, Once you see that all things of the world, in the light of God, death and eternal life, you will learn to love the things of the world without letting them own you, without expecting too much of them. When I was in seminary, I had a pre-spiritual director. And the first time I went in to meet him for a retreat, he had a, a, a coffin in the middle of his office, a pine box coffin. And he used it as a coffee table, which I thought was strange. And so I said to him, I said, why do you have a coffin as your coffee table in your office? And he said this, and I will never forget it. He said, because when you are aware deep in your bones that you will die one day, and that death can come at any time, and either heaven or hell is your end, when you realize that every day, then you will know how to live. If we can remember, this is not the end. If we can discipline ourselves so that we don't turn this life into the end, that we don't make our kingdoms the end-all, be-all, our money, our power, if we stay focused, not on this minuscule moment of life, this bubble that will pop shortly, but on the eternal life, where we truly belong. Vanity of vanity. All things are vanity. Not a depressing message, but incredibly liberating. This world is not for us. It's not our end. And we know it. We were meant for something greater. But that life is not just given to us. My friends, God will give you what you want most at the end of your life. And if it's not Him, It's not heaven. So live for the next life now. Make him the priority. Or we will never, ever enter into eternal life.